Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen, and um, hopefully you'll join the conversation. The the number is 516-387-1944. So, as you know, I've been um, talking to different people about uh, the election um, and bringing them on to get their perspective from their different vantage points. And so we are talking to someone new today that I haven't had on before, uh, and I want to find out more about what they're involved in. And her name is Jasmine Bernie, and the organization is Equal Ground. And good morning. How are you doing? Welcome. Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you all doing today? I'm doing well. We're doing well. Thank you so much. Blessed to have you here today. So get us started. I had not heard of the organization, and uh, Jasmine was referred to me by um, our local um, African-American Chamber of Commerce of Central Florida. Um, And so I'm interested to find out uh, what is Equal Ground and and how how does it help the community? Well, thank you for having me again. Um, So Equal Ground, I am the founder and consulting director of Equal Ground Education Fund. Um, we are a 501c3 and a 501c4 political nonprofit organization uh, founded in 2019, right after the passage of the Florida Rights Restoration Amendment 4 for returning citizens in the state. What we have learned over the past few years, at least for myself in my decade-long career in Florida politics, is that there were not many organizations dedicated to prioritizing the education, mobilization, and then also litigation on behalf of Black Floridians, voters more specifically when it comes to expanding and protecting their voting rights. And so um, I decided to start an organization that focused on that. We can register as many folks as we want. We've seen that in past elections. 14 million people on the voter rolls this past primary election and only 3 million people turned out. So we want to make sure that you're, one, armed with information about the three ways to vote and who's on the ballot, but also are we helping to make sure that we're breaking down those voter suppression barriers that are coming out of our state legislature um, each year that when folks aren't paying attention, we're paying attention to those types of things and litigating against the state to fight to make sure that we keep that expansion and that they don't continue to suppress votes that particularly disenfranchise Black Floridians. So that's where... um, where we are in this state, that's what we do, that's how we do our work, and that's really ultimately why we were founded. I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it. Um, was there something specific that drew you to, to launch this? Um, yes. So I am a longtime resident of Orlando, Florida, born and raised. Mm-hmm. My All right. woman. Most of my life was uh, Congresswoman Corrine Brown, elected in 1992. I was born in 1987. And mm-hmm. my congressional district, congressional district, which was five, then it changed to ten, and probably has had some other numbers since then, was up for contention literally my entire existence in the Florida legislature. Every ten years, this particular district was up for contention they wanted to either take it away, divide it, gerrymander it, or pack it. And now mm-hmm. that I am of a particular age, I'm paying attention to the process in a totally different way and seeing how disenfranchisement not only is happening to folks across the state, but personally impacting my ability to be able to move about my district and have dedicated representation um, that is focused on 
you know, my needs and my at the congressional level. So I would say that's one particular instance where I can think about that drove me to want to create a dedicated space for this work. Okay. So, um, so tell me, what type of actions uh, are is Equal Ground involved in? Uh, what, mm-hmm. what type of uh, what type of I guess programs do you have, or, or what is it that you actually do? Yep. So we register voters year round. Um, we are always out in the community registering people at community events, um, back to school drives, vaccination sites, um, homecoming football games. And then we are also hosting community education forums, candidate forums, forums around the census, redistricting, legislative sessions. We train community leaders on how to um, utilize their own personal voices um, to talk about these issues and travel with us to Tallahassee during legislative session to get their voices on the record um, so that it could be used um, in the future. And then we also litigate. So we um, bring suits against the state of Florida whenever bills, unfortunately, are um, when there are basis for bills where um, our votes are being taken away. Most recently, we launched the Vote for Black Lives campaign or relaunched it. It was a program we had in 2020. We relaunched it for 2022. Um, and we are partnering with black fraternities and sororities across the state of Florida HBCU students, so we're on a tour. We've gone to every single HBCU in Florida more than once, and we're also working with black faith leaders across the state and purchasing newspaper ads and black media across the state of Florida that give people election protection information. But with these fraternities and sororities and students, they're volunteering with us, making calls to people and knocking on doors in communities where there's been low voter participation or where there's literally been no activity from either campaigns or elected officials, we're going to those places. Um, And we're letting people know that there's an election happening. We're letting people know what their options are, and we're making sure that they have their deadline. And we do this year-round. We don't just wait until it's time for the election. Um, We've been in the community since the summer of 2021 having these conversations, preparing people for this upcoming election this year. So I'm, I'm glad we're talking about voting because um, not only because it's it's coming up, but one of the things that I did this morning, I, I'm actually uh, working with someone closely on on her um, campaign. But I just was, I, I usually work the polls when I'm not doing that, and I pulled up the voter turnout information for Orange County um, for early voting, and mm-hmm. there are very few precincts that have let's say double digit numbers when it comes to voter turnout right now uh mm-hmm. and i honestly don't expect the remainder or or even half of the remainder to show up on election day which is kind of sad um i'm not sure what the um you know the vote by mail how that's going to going to affect things but you know i'm seeing the most i think uh turnout in one district, Um, and then everything else is below that. I mean, I'm I'm trying to go through this. Uh, Yeah, and there's a couple with actually no voter turnout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually zero. Right. I I would say that there is definitely cause for worry. Um, But what I will also tell you is that in the primary election, what we saw is that the most used form of voter turnout tactics was to vote on election day. The majority of votes that came in across the entire state, to include Orange County, came in on election day. And Mm. that is um, a sign that folks are waiting until the last minute, um, which is quite scary. Um, Folks should be taking advantage of the fact that you can vote anywhere in the entire county right now, and you can vote by mail by dropping it off at a a Dropbox location in the state. So waiting until Election Day is a risk that I'm just not willing to take, but it does appear as though that has been the primary means for a lot of people in our state. So we still have a week of early voting left. We have a full weekend left, um, Mm -hmm. and we expect, obviously, to see those numbers come in, but what history has shown us based on the primary is that the most used method was on election day, and that is where we will see a large, uh, larger number of voter turnout coming in. 
Now, I, I understand there's so, there's still some people that are kind of old school with that. They want to come. They want yeah. they want to be like physically involved in the process. They want to see who else is is uh, casting their vote at the same time, and you know. But my concern is this. Like I said, I, I do work the polls, and my concern is that you have people coming at the last minute that still aren't armed with the information they're supposed to have in, in, in terms of making an informed decision, an educated decision. That's my concern. You have people that get there late, and they're thinking that they're supposed to uh, be able to vote, and they're at the wrong precinct. You know, You're right. uh, And then not only that, they come and they're wanting to vote for a person whose sign they saw or whose whose commercial they saw, and it turns out that they they might not even be representing their district, so they can't vote for them, so they get upset. You know, so I see a lot of that, and I really think there's got to be a way to stress stress the urgency of being prepared in advance to to make the choices of these people that are. Um, going to represent us. I, one of the things that I looked at today was the, uh, the Supreme Court getting ready to handle the affirmative action case. Um, and people have wondered about some of those judges and how they got where they got. Well, part of that is selecting the judges now because they yeah. just don't jump up and become a Supreme Court justice. You know, right. they start somewhere. Yep. You know, uh, misinformation and disinformation is a huge problem in our state and access to information. There's a massive digital divide, uh, digital divide still happening. There's an assumption that everybody walking around with a phone in their hand has access to the Internet and a computer and information that could be so easily accessible to you and I, and that's not the case. That is why mm-hmm. we said let's partner with black fraternities, sororities, and students to get them to leave their communities where they are at who have all of the information access and go into places where people don't. Because we are nonpartisan, we can't tell you who to vote for, but we can tell you who are right. all on the ballot and what your options are. We can tell you who those people are, what they've done, how they how you have benefited or not benefited from them. We can also tell you who who these people are connected to. When you think about the judges, a lot of them are associated with the Federalist Society. Um, and are making Mm -hmm. either decisions that benefit and further their career or further their political ambitions um, in this state or nationally. Um, And we also have to make sure that people aren't just voting at the top of the ballot, that they go all the way down and then flip it over um, as well. We've been emphasizing more so down ballot races, races that, you know, are not the highest priority, not the top of the ticket, but What's in between that ballot? Where are the justices for the state of Florida? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that we have justices here in the state of Florida who actually have to go up for retention, which is a form of reelection, whereas the National Supreme Court does not face that challenge. We get to decide if we want to decide yes or no on keeping our Florida Supreme Court justices. These same justices are the ones that decide if voter suppression bills get to stay on our books. These justices are the same ones who get to decide if bad maps get to move forward like the ones that we had from this legislative session. So we've got digital ads. Um, so if we can't reach you in your community, we're trying to reach you online on the Internet where we believe um, a large number of particularly black people are receiving their information and their news from. We are going to take a quick break. We are here with Jasmine Burney of Equal Ground. And if you have questions for her, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. We are back with Jasmine Burney of Equal Ground. We are talking about the upcoming election and some of the issues uh, Jasmine founded and represents Equal Ground. And if you have questions for Jasmine, the number is 516-387-1944. So, Jasmine, I wanted to ask you about uh, the issues. I I know you talked about voting. Are there other issues that you all are 
trying to um, move to the forefront for people to consider uh, when they're making their decisions at, at the um, with their ballots? Yes. Um, so it is, I think, important to also think about, um, you know, what is happening locally. In Orange County, there is a local ordinance that is going to be on the ballot this year um, that is a rent control ordinance. This will allow for residents who are of a particular income to get their rent stabilized, to remove an increase um, for at least one year to allow for county government to come up with ways to help our housing crisis. Rent hikes are incredibly high right now, um, and the pandemic has exacerbated it, but it was also horrible prior to that. Our state has seen um, terrible, um, you know, housing issues across the state. And so that's one issue that people should be paying attention to um, as it relates to um, your ballot and what folks should be paying attention to at the forefront. Another thing is, if you are having a difficult time figuring out um, which particular political party, take a look at some of the um, most tangible things that are coming out of our White House and who is associated with those types of victories. In the state of Florida, we have received a ton of CARES Act funding from the federal government to make sure that teachers are paid with some sort of bonus. First responders are receiving bonuses. Um, and this isn't because of our governor. This is because the President of the United States provided funds to our state for our governor to distribute to these hardworking folks in our state. But what he's also giving us is student loan cancellation, um, gas relief um, since this past summer. There are a lot of things that we can point to as uh, most tangible material victories. And again, take a look at who's associated with those at the local and the state level who are making sure that you're aware of those things um, that are happening, and take that in mind with you to the ballot box. So does your organization, like, have a priority list in terms of um, which of these issues should be front and center, or are, are they equally um, being uh, f- uh, forwarded to the uh, constituents? Yes, so we have what is called a Races to Watch list. It is a list of all of what we believe are the most important races across the state, coming from the, 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 the United States Congress to your governor's race. All of the cabinet members across the state of Florida are going to be open. And then we look at state house, state senate districts um, in our state, and the uh, amendments that are going to be on the ballot. So those are the top races, and they are particularly in places where um, it is uh, where our urban core is found across the state of Florida. Um, we prioritize races where there is at least one black candidate. We want folks to know people of color are running, um, and they're fighting for our issues, and they are trying to prioritize um, a number of different things that keep us safe and keep us healthy and keep us um, educated. So we want to make sure that we let folks know who are the black candidates who are also on your ballot um, across the state of Florida. So um, a lot of this can be found on our social media. Um, we are on you know, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, all Equal Ground FL. Um, everything can be found at Equal Ground FL on all of those platforms um, so that it's easy to find, easy to retweet. And then you can also Google us. Um, mm-hmm. We are putting out news media articles um, and, and trying to make sure that we share them in all types of mediums and platforms as much as possible. Because, again, we know everyone isn't everywhere, but we at least want to be in all the places because we don't know um, exactly how folks like to consume their information, but we want to make sure that we're there. Yeah, and by the way, when you look up, there are a couple of uh, organizations by the name of Equal Ground uh, make sure you type in equal-ground.com uh, to make sure that you get to the to, to the right um, web page, right website. Uh, so who's involved? You, uh, I was looking at some of the people that you have uh, involved. There seems to be an interesting cross section. Who's gotten really involved and behind you? And how did you get? How did you recruit and get them on board? You know, we have a great team of organizers um, at the organization. So we have faith leaders, we have teachers, business owners, um, national 
sorority and fraternity presidents and former president and leaders. Um, you know, Tyler Perry has been a supporter of our work, Al Sharpton, Joe Scarborough. And honestly, being a grassroots organization, folks would think that we are um, so deeply entrenched in the community that, you know, people aren't recognizing the impact. But the impact is what allowed for these folks to connect to us. They saw that we were closest to um, the, the, the folks who are impacted by the policies and decisions that are being made. And the other thing that I think is unique about the organization is we are data-driven. We are making sure that we are arming ourselves with statistical information that informs a lot of our decisions. We aren't just haphazardly making decisions and letting folks know to just follow us along. We are putting metrics tied to that so that people not only have the personal stories and the anecdotes, but they also have the numbers that help inform our past and our future about our, our behavior, how we are showing up. And so I think that that has been um, an important factor in why folks trust um, the work that we do. They want to partner with us. There's energy and enthusiasm. It is non-traditional. We aren't just simply knocking on your door and having a conversation and never seeing you again. We're following up and having conversations. We're coming to your community events. We're coming to your back-to-school events. We are you know, talking to you at restaurants and at child care centers. Like, we are, we are at ground level um, in our community. And we aren't a massive team. We're just highly dedicated to making sure that black folks are armed with the information that we know is not always as accessible to them. And so that is why folks have joined us, because we've made it easy for people to consume, and we've made it easy for people to participate. We've taken the guesswork out of volunteering. If you've got a will and you are interested in making sure that your particular community turns out and shows up in this election, we will make the process easy for you to be able to do that. And so I believe that is why it has been easy for folks to jump on board with us and support the work that we're doing. So what kind, if any, pushback have you received? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, the only opposition we're facing is from folks who don't see that voter suppression is real, um, and that it is impacting black voters, and that we are the targets of every decision that's coming out of a state legislature where a court sided with them and said that Florida has been participating in 20 years of intentional discrimination against black people. So we're getting opposition from the people who are creating the laws, not from the community, people who are... Mm -hmm sitting in places of high power, signing these laws into effect are the ones who are saying we're out of our minds um, and that we should not be opposing them and that they're actually making things better for us when there's evidence that says otherwise. Um, and so that's been great. Uh, we need that type of support. We need that type of wind beneath our wings because this is hard. We aren't, uh, you know, multimillion-dollar high-powered force entity. We are small and you know, organizational staff, small and fundraising, and so we need that type of energy um, propelling us, and it's been great. People have been working with us from across the state to really make sure that if we've got the information to share, they're creating channels for us to, do, to share it. So you mentioned um, funds. Do you have, like, regular fundraisers? How are you supported financially? Do you have get grants? Yeah. Um, we don't do uh, fundraisers like galas and, you know, drives and things like that. Um, it is us writing grants. It is us reaching out to foundations. It's also small dollar contributions. People who hear interviews like this contact us and make donations to our organization. They go on our website, um, equal-ground.com, and in the type right-hand corner, they make a contribution safely and securely to the organization. People send checks in the mail to make sure that we are um, supported. And I think that also is because they see evidence of the work. We don't harbor a lot of things. We don't harbor information. You see us in the community. Um, you, you see evidence of that in the reporting that we do because, again, uh, we want to make sure people have what they need and they know that the work is being done. And so that is how uh, we have been able to sustain ourselves over the past now heading into four years of the organization. So you said you're from Orlando, and I'm assuming the organization is based here. Um, have other people who have learned of your efforts tried to recruit 
um, you into other areas or tried to start maybe branches of Equal Ground in other areas? Yeah, so that's a great question also. What's interesting is when we were founded in 2019, we were only um, situated in four counties, um, and that was along the ISO corridor, Volusia, Seminole, Orange, and Pinellas. That was it. We really didn't go anywhere else outside of that because, again, we were new, we were small, and we were just getting started, and we wanted to figure out what our footing was. However, in 2021, when we learned about these voter suppression bills sweeping the nation and then seeing that Florida had one of the most egregious in the state, we received calls from people all over because they saw our efforts in the 2021 legislative session. They saw us up there pushing back on the state. They saw us file our lawsuit. They saw us having conversations that they could relate to. And we decided to not exclusively um, place our work in those four counties to just go statewide. We just we didn't do any major announcement. We just said, we're going to show up everywhere. Anywhere that people need us, anytime people call us, we are going to show up. So we decided to scale. We hired four statewide staffers. So we've got a statewide political director, a statewide faith director, a statewide field director, and a managing director. So we're everywhere. We can tell you about politics happening locally and at the state level in each county across the state of Florida, from Pensacola all the way down to Miami. We just decided not to be as exclusive. So, yes, people have been calling. They've been recruiting. They want us in other parts of the state. And now folks are having conversations about coming to other states and creating sort of the same work that we are doing here in other states. So, um, expansion is happening faster than we had plans for, and um, our prayer is that we can scale to meet some of the needs that we are being called on to answer. So have you connected with other similar groups in some of these other states or in some of these other cities? Yes. So we don't work in a silo. We are in coalition with hundreds of other um voting rights organizations like ours here in Florida and across the nation. Um, we work jointly with these organizations to come up with our plans for the state, and we determine where everyone will place boots on the ground. We make sure that there's coordinated messaging. So you're not going to hear one message from me in Orlando and a different message from somebody in Miami or in Gainesville or in Gadsden County. We're coordinating how we're talking about the elections and what's important. We are also coordinating our fields and phones. So we try to do our best to make sure that you don't get three calls from three different organizations in the same day. Now, I can't guarantee that it will happen. It won't happen in the same week, but I can guarantee it won't happen in the same day uh, because we're coordinating. Um, and so, yes, we are working in partnership with those voting rights organizations, but, we'll, but what we're also doing is um, focusing on non-traditional organizations where we um, have the voting rights expertise. We're talking to black realtors in Florida. We're talking to black engineers. We want to talk to the black sales networks. We want to go into those spaces and talk to those people because those are the ones who don't have as much of the information we're sharing as possible. So we try not to keep it all within the voting rights network. We expand that to non-traditional spaces where we don't traditionally go. One of the most recent spaces we've been having conversations in is the, the world of cannabis. Florida has a medical marijuana um, operation set up. Medicinal cannabis is available in this state, and there are legacy operators across the state of Florida, black men and women, who are being shut out of a process, and that's political. Um, they're being shut out of and priced out of a process that was decided by state elected officials. Recreational marijuana is expected to come into the state of Florida by 2026. Is our community prepared? because we've certainly been impacted by it. Are we prepared to have conversations about what that impact means financially and politically for us? We are going to take a quick break. We're here with Jasmine Burney, who is the head of Equal Ground. You can find more information on her organization at equal-ground.com. If you have questions for her when we come back, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back.
Good afternoon, and welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking with Jasmine Bernie of Equal Ground, and if you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. So, Jasmine, what, in, in your mind and in the mind of the people that are involved in your organization, what is the next step in terms of motivating the young people to, you know, realize, you know, they, they have the right to vote basically because someone else laid the groundwork with blood, sweat, and tears. And so they, they all they have to do is go mm-hmm. and vote. All they have to do is go to the computer and request a, a vote-by-mail ballot. It's, it's not hard. <laughs> it's yeah. not hard at all. So what's the, what do you what do you perceive as the lack of motivation? You know, I um I believe that people know it's not hard. I believe that people are aware. I believe that people know what the steps and the options are and the processes are. But what I also know is that people are working more hours than they probably have ever imagined they would in their lives. They are trying to meet the needs of their families and extended families and our caretakers. They have children in schools where there's a curriculum that has been weaponized against them. We have, um, you know, police in this state are being rewarded for bad behavior and are weaponizing that as a political tool. Uh, House insurance property taxes or house insurance um, prices are, homeowners insurance prices are going up and folks are trying to figure out how to be in compliance. There are so many issues just happening to people with life. Like I get the benefit of thinking about this every day because this is my life's mission and work, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure I am lacking in other places and in other industries where um, it also impacts the political process. Everybody is just Okay, wait, wait, stop. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I truly do. However, mm-hmm. if you have time to go to your computer, and I'm talking about you personally. I'm just saying you yeah. general. If you have time to go to your computer and play fantasy football or mm-hmm. check on your stocks or, mm-hmm. or you know, send a goofy picture, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I went and ordered late last week and got yesterday my vote-by-mail ballot. Okay, and all I have to do, you know, and that really didn't take long at all. It was very easy. Um, all I have to do is, is fill it out, and, you know, and if I'm, you know, being more careful, which I usually am, I'm going to sit down and look at it and, and not just pick people willy-nilly. I'm going to really kind of look into their background with whatever information I can find. It's I, – I don't know. I just feel like – there's got to be something else other than yes, life happens. Life happens, but you, you people make time. I even tell my husband this: he makes time for the stuff that he really is interested in. People make mm-hmm. time for for the stuff that they're really interested in. Right. And if you're really not interested, you don't make time. What I was getting at was people don't see these individual needs met, and probably also don't see them as priorities for their electeds who keep telling and begging them to turn out to vote every single year. Vote for me, vote for me, but my initial, my priority needs are not being met. So why should I be prioritizing a system and a process that where I don't think that I am valued or valuable? And that, I think, is a charge for the elected. So we're doing the work of turning out the folks. But the other side of this coin is, are our electeds doing the job of maintaining relationships with the constituents in their district? Are they delivering on the votes that they promised? Are they delivering on the issues that they said they would? So we talk to voters and we hold elected officials accountable because we need both of those two things to work at the same time so that people can actually see what is priority and what's important to them. And that's why I say those, all those things are happening because folks may not see them as a priority. And that's just one particular instance. I don't know what else could motivate someone not to get out and vote when our judicial system is using black bodies and black children as ways of making decisions about our futures in this day. How a governor has wiped away 50% of black representation in this state with a stroke of a pen. 
by completely dismissing his own legislative leaders, people in his own party who doesn't even respect enough their decisions because he is he is prioritizing his own political ambitions. Like, I don't know if people are making those real connections in real time. And every day we're yeah, trying to figure out how do we talk about those real-life examples so people know this mm-hmm. is directly ties to your vote. We, and we do, we, I, I don't know how, but we do have, we have to, we must make those connections. We have to say there's connection between you voting or not voting and the person that makes these decisions with regards to your taxes, with regards to your child's education, with regards to your uh, value, home values um, and, and other things, you know, you, we have to I, I, and I don't know how, uh, but we do have to do, I think, a better job in terms of saying voting means your voice what, and, and, and convincing people that even though you know, you have all of these other things, such as when you go to the national elections, electoral colleges and everything, and there's a debate over that, it does still make a difference because you can't, you know, get upset. You can't fight back if you didn't put any skin in the game. Correct. Yeah. Correct. If you haven't made it, is, it's no different than any other type of investment. You can't get a return on that investment if you never put mm-hmm. anything into it. Exactly. Like, you can't expect something if we didn't give anything. And, again, that's for the voter, but that's also for the elected as well. We, we've got to see that um, investment. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, to, to add to your point, these are also, like, working in, within places, again, that are non-traditional. Next week, the NBA across the entire nation is not going to have a game on Election Day because they want all focus to be on Election Day. So they are closing their doors and shifting their games from that Tuesday night to Monday night. And they are making Monday night a civic engagement night. So the sports industry is paying attention because they also have a political priority that they want to make sure that this um, this election season is important and prioritized. We've got music artists from across the nation, actors and actresses, like pop culture. Culture is tied up into how important this political process is. And if they are motivating and moving people, we've got serious problems that I don't think mm-hmm. folks are prepared to actually answer and, and don't have the skills and know how to do at this time. Yeah, we we really have to get past the point where we we're – reactive and have to be more proactive in terms of how we handle our business, you know. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's necessary. And that, and that happens also not two weeks before an election. When we're done on November 8th, November 9th, we're preparing mm-hmm. for legislative session that starts in January. Our work doesn't get to stop because January, they're making the rules for the next election of 2024. 2023 January, they are making the rules for the next election. They are making mm-hmm. the decisions about how their state is about to be run for the next multiple few years. So people need to know that it's not just two weeks. We're doing this all year long. It's every day we've got to pay attention to this process. Well, that's one of the things I keep saying in terms of, me personally, I know I've gotten a lot of uh, <laughs> backlash on this, but I think when you register to vote, it should be like, well, you you know how when you used to get your driver's license, you used to go to driver's ed first, okay, you used to have it in school. I think there needs to be some sort of voter education before you are are registered to vote. I, I do. I think you mm-hmm. need to, because I think you need to know what the power of your vote means and I need mm-hmm. I think you need to know how to handle your your vote you know what you should do in order to make sure that you're not uh, discounted when it comes to election time um, and then the other thing is knowing other options in addition to voting like uh, mm-hmm. grassroots campaigns in terms of letter writing like um, mm-hmm. lobbying all of that type of stuff I think our voters need to be educated in terms of what the power is that they have, because I don't think they really see that, that it is power that they have. Mm-hmm. You touched on a very good point about bringing back civics in our schools so that kids mm-hmm. 
from their birthright. Know that this is a duty that you are bound to, that you need to and are required to participate in. But we're seeing firsthand what it looks like to strip a curriculum of its natural roots with this critical race theory talk. We are now mm-hmm. uh, under a school district and an education commissioner who has stripped away the teaching of black history, the teaching mm-hmm. of, um, you know, Native American history in our state. A governor who has said on a public stage in his debate that we shouldn't be teaching people about the fact that we are on stolen land from our Native American brothers and sisters. How are we stripping mm-hmm. away that history? Because a law allowed our governor to be able to do that, and a law allowed for civics to be removed from our public school system years ago. So that's another place. If you've got kids in a public education system, start there as a single issue that you should be caring about and making sure that they are supplementing that education with other means and ways of understanding their history and their political rights. Because we're not going to get it in our school system. I think what it is, we've gotten to the point um, with our children that um, we don't want them to feel pain. We don't want them to go what we went through. We don't want them to get scarred. They don't, we, you know, we, we have to start with learning, with teaching our children that life has good and bad. Deal with it. And you, mm-hmm. because when you start teaching them that, then you teach them, we have a great country. But there were bad things that happened along the way. Uh, this is, you know, so with the teaching of the a true history of our country, you know, it's it's not going to always taste good, you know. But you've got to learn that this this is the whole truth. This is what happened. We did have slavery. We did have discrimination. We had all sorts of things. But that doesn't make us a bad country it makes us a flawed country and we need Mm -hmm. to learn from the mistakes of the past so that we can do better going forward correct correct yep and that also requires a teaching a reckoning a bringing of folks together there is labor tied to our justice there is labor tied to our liberation and only a small group of folks are carrying this load we need to enfranchise more people into this process. There's got to be more interest and more will uh, for folks to, 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 to take advantage of, making sure that everyone is a part and not just a few, um, because there's also only a few people making a decision for us, and, and that, is, that shouldn't be the case. And that, that, that requires people being willing to make sacrifices. I mean, I'm sure this was not necessarily – uh, priority one on your agenda when you were looking at career choices or, or, or other things that were going to monopolize your time, but it you know it's something that you developed a passion for, and you made certain sacrifices to make it work. People are not um, of the mindset anymore to make sacrifices to make things work, um, but that's the only way you really get things to to work well, unfortunately, yep. in, in a lot of cases. So. Yes, that is correct. Um, it certainly was not take a list of priority. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to just take our final break. Um, and when we come back, I have a question for you. Um, but we're going to talk more with Jasmine Bernie of Equal Ground. And if you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com.
Hi, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here talking with Jasmine Bernie of Equal Ground, and the number, if you have questions, is 516-387-1944. So, Jasmine, um, my question to you is, is there a political uh, uh, run in your future? that there is not a political run in my future. Um, And and there's a few reasons for that. Um, One, I recognize that there is a severe leadership gap in Florida's politics between black and and, um, white folks. Um, When it comes to the head of the state, only about 18% of the Florida legislature is represented by black folks. And that's an even fewer number when you start to think about black women. But what's also sort of um, lacking in necessary um, capacity is the number of political strategists and leaders helping to catapult and amplify those those elected officials. We need folks who are behind the scenes, making sure that we are following what is coming, preparing our leaders for what is happening currently, and preparing folks for... Um, eliminating any of past mistakes that have happened in our state. I have done well for the past 12 years to make sure that my role is to amplify, to lift up, to support, and to make sure that our electives um, feel the necessary uh, support that they need in order to keep going and take on this mantle. You have certainly got to be called if you want to be in the leadership, and I believe that I've been called to lead from behind um, and Uh amplify. (laughs) <laughs> very happy with the private life that I live and um, just I, I just don't um, think that that is what I've been called to do um, just because of the success that I've seen on the other side of this. Okay, so let's get into how can we help what you do? What are you looking for? What do you need? We need people. We need, we need people, time, talents, and treasure. We need folks who are going to commit to dedicating a few hours. If it's not organized with equal ground, it is in your own community, sharing a link to this conversation with people so that they can hear about the upcoming election on November 8th so they know that the final day for early vote in the state of Florida is on this coming uh, Sunday, November the 6th. Um, so that they know the final time for them to drop off their vote by mail ballot is at 7 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, November 8th. And if you are standing in line, do not get out. It is your right to remain there, and it is your right to be able to vote as long as you are there before 7 p.m. So share Mm -hmm. this. And if you have time between now and then, volunteer with us. Visit equal-ground.com forward slash volunteer. Sign up to make some phone calls to people from the comfort of your own home. Have conversations with them. We have a script. It's simple. Are you planning to vote? And if so, when? And if so, where? And if you need to know those details, we train our volunteers on how to make sure that people have what they need. Knock on doors. Come out and have conversations with us in the community. It's actually a really great time to learn about who's in your neighborhood. Um, there mm-hmm. is a free John P.T. concert happening this coming Friday at Majestic Life. He is on a tour going from North Florida to Central Florida to talk about the election process and hosting concerts along the way. Our um, Orlando Black Greek community is hosting a barbecue and get-out-the-vote event on this coming Sunday with all types of free giveaways um, and items happening at the New Covenant Church um, on Rio Grande in Orlando. Um, so there are events, and if you don't want to be around people, fine. Make phone calls from the comfort of your own home. And if you don't want to do that, at least talk to friends and family to find out what their plan is for Election Day. And then also make your own plan. What is your plan to get out and vote? And make sure you've read up on the process. You can learn about each of these voters by visiting vote411.org. Oh, excuse me, you can learn about all the candidates at vote411.org. Org. There, you will get questionnaires that all of these candidates have filled out, and you can compare the answers between the two before making your decision at home. Finally, I'll say, uh, supervisors of elections have mailed you sample ballots. 
You can take your phone into the voting booth with you. You can take your sample ballot. You can take whatever cheat sheet you want. No one can prohibit you from taking cheat sheets into the ballot box with you um, so that you have um, a clear understanding of who you're voting for. You make no mistakes. You can take these materials in with you to help guide your process. So that's what I need from you all. I need your time. I need your talent. I need your treasure. The final thing I'll say about talent is um, if you are in media, write a story about what's happening in the political process. Have folks on radio shows like what we're doing here today, even if it has nothing to do with the issue, dedicate some time. We have a pastor in Jacksonville who canceled two weeks of Bible study and had his members make a phone call on those two weeks. That meant he sacrificed tithes and offering on those evenings and um, allowing the word to go forward and teaching those Bible studies to make sure that this was the number one priority for his community. And people called residents in Jacksonville around that church to make sure they had plans to vote. Consider doing that if you're a faith leader by giving up one Bible study or at least, you know, bringing your folks together for a small um, time of fellowship and having conversations um, about the election. They can bring their own ballots with them. Y'all walk it through together. Find experts in your community to have these conversations. So that's what I would say we are in need of over the next seven days. <laughs> not a lot. We're not asking for a lot, just a little bit. Right, right. I was actually sitting here thinking when you were talking about uh, some of the things you could do, for example, you know, how we have these lovely Super Bowl parties. We ought to maybe have an election night party, but also use it as a as a time, you know, make it fun, but use it as a time also of, of educating uh, people, you know, even if you did not vote, you know, you come and you talk to people about why they voted, you know, who they voted for and, and what the issues are, you know, it's this, it may be a good time to get together and just kind of pull people together to get information from each other so that maybe the next time around, if you weren't prepared this time, maybe next time around you will be. Yeah, so, that's exactly Just it. a thought. So how do we reach you? How do we reach uh, Equal Ground? So we are found on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter um, using the username Equal Ground FL. All consider it one word, Equal Ground FL. People can also text us. Um, they can text the word, one word, Equal Ground, to 52886. You can text Equal ground to 52886. There you'll receive a link tree of all of the things um, that I discussed today, all of the information you need. And then you can find us on our website at equal-ground or equal-ground.com. Um, also there you'll find more in-depth, long-form um, content about this upcoming election and then also what we have coming up in the future. Um, but those are the three ways, social media, um, uh, you can text or you can visit our website. We also have a YouTube, Equal Ground um, FL as well. You can find us on YouTube to see some of our visual content there. Um, again, we're trying to be in all places for all folks, um, so we're making it ourselves as accessible as possible. I wanted to ask you earlier, and I didn't get to it, have you seen some fruit from your labors? Mm. Yes. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning of the call, we were founded in 2019, but I've been working for the politics since 2010, and I have seen an increase and a decline in the process. I have seen voter turnout be attacked every election cycle. I have seen voter turnout specifically among black folks be um, down and or go up, and we can directly link those to what's happening in our state. Um, and mm -hmm. This year is a little bit different because we are not only being armed with a new voter suppression law, but we now have a new um, elections task force, a police task force, elections police officers. That's never been created in the state. It is, was created as a form of intimidation, and their first task has been to intimidate returning citizens and former felons in the process. But we don't know what is to come on election day. And so what I can say is people are utilizing our resources like never before. We've never had hundreds of volunteers 
Um, I've never seen so many people want to sign up and volunteer to help talk to voters ever um, in, since 2010. Black people saying, I want to volunteer. I want to talk to people. I want to get out the vote. I want to prioritize this as an issue in my organization. How can we best do it? I've not seen that in over the decade that I've been doing this work. And so that is one thing I can point to to say that it is a beautiful thing to witness and watch, that people are seeing the harm and they are trying to directly address it. Um, what I will also say is that we started this organization with $30,000 in the bank um, that I self-funded, and um, we have grown from a staff of two to a staff of double digits, uh, which also says that we are seeing people invest in this work because they also know it's a priority. They know that they need us when they see us and when they don't see us. They need us in the halls of the legislature. They need us in the halls of the Congress. They need us in your city and county commission meetings, and they need to see us at your polling places. So we are seeing the fruits of our labor because of the, where, the places where people are investing in our work. They can't do it, so they are sending um, us in their place to be able to do it on their behalf. So I'm incredibly proud of the work that we are doing, and we look forward to looking at the final results. Um, once this election is over to see if we've been able to impact and move the needle along with the coalition of people we work with in this state. Have we done our job or has this state made it more difficult for us to turn out black voters and do we need to continue fighting? Um, because we just don't know what is to come um, as we head into that next election cycle. So thank you for asking that question. Did I miss anything that you wanted to get out in the couple minutes we have left? <laughs> Um, no, I think you've answered or asked some really, really great questions, questions I don't get often um, asked when it comes to um, the work that we're doing. So I appreciate you for seeking us out and for prioritizing this as a part of the conversation. I want to come back. I want to talk about the post-election results with you and make sure that Please. you hear and learn yes. about what happened as a result of our efforts. Thank you very much. Yes, definitely. You are welcome back anytime. And Thank you have you. a blessed day. Thanks for joining us. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, before you all go, I wanted to let you know, if you have not heard, FEMA is hiring local residents to work on Florida recovery um, efforts from Hurricane Ian. Okay? So uh, they're providing temporary housing um, into, for, to Hurricane Ian survivors in uh, Charlotte, Collier, DeSoto, Hardy, Lee, and Sarasota counties, and so they need some help there. They um, they are um, still meeting with some of the survivors. They are providing uh, assistance in 26 counties in Florida, uh, but they they need help to help our fellow residents. So um, they say you can apply through usajobs.gov. That's USA. J O B S dot gov. So, you know, you want to pick up a little extra change, you know, and, and you know, these are our temp jobs right now, but you never know what um, they can turn into and, you know, still look, look good on your resume too. So just wanted to let you know. Anyway, God willing, talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember all real power comes from God. Take care. The high, the high praise. praise. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on.
up your 